so professional. Here we go. Welcome to the Lab Support Podcast with your host Michelle Van Dusen and June Colson, a couple of clean comedians who support each other and others through comedy's wacky and winding roads. I hope you're ready. Get set. Let's go. Since podcasts have a catchy tune, we wrote this song for Michelle and June. Clean comedians are best friends too. Oh, so good. <laughs> and you never know what they'll say or do. Here we go. Sing with me. I'm support. Board, board. With Michelle, who's really short. We'll have a ball, ball, ball. With June, who's really tall. They have fun, fun, fun. Interviewing comedians. On life support. Welcome to the award-winning Laugh Support Podcast. I'm your host, June Colson, here with my best friend, Michelle, with one L, Rhonda Colson, Corey's friend, Trisha's sister, don't call me Shelly, Michelle Van Dusen. What's that, sister? (laughs) (laughs) What's up? Uh, Oh, she's kazooing. You know why? Kazoo can do it. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Okay, so here's the deal. Um, at our last episode, we were discussing the Huckabee show and I, we talked about the gift that you gave my husband and, yes. uh, how he hardly shared any M&Ms with me. And I was very disappointed, blah, blah, blah. So and so forth. Well, he was home for lunch while we were recording and he must have heard me because when I opened the door, <laughs> I opened the door, <laughs> this yes. bowl was sitting out <laughs> And, and no. he put, there's like <laughs> so this is either it? left of the m&ms or this is this is my portion for today that's oh sweet. my gosh that's sweet <laughs> there's only set okay first of all this is how much i love peanut m&ms I already counted there's seven in that bowl okay yep, which seven. which bothers me one that it's an uneven number number two if i eat my m&ms i line them up by color do you do that i line them up by color <laughs> And I eat like the yellow or the orange or whatever first, like boo. And then my, like the last one I eat is the blue ones because it's my favorite color, but I want them to be in even numbers. So there's zero shot that there's even numbers because there's only seven. This is my obsession with peanut M&Ms. I'm ashamed. I should be ashamed. (laughs) Okay. That's hilarious. Uh, No, I'm not that um, crazy uh, about my M&Ms. I have in the past. I have, separated, I have separated them by color um, into separate containers. Like I have done that. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. And um, <laughs> I do, this is, my kids are wonderful. They love me. My one son, he, for, for my birthday one year, ordered the personalized M&Ms and it came in a champagne looking like a wine bottle or whatever. And so you, you can unscrew the bottom and turn it over then it becomes a stand and then you have this flute of m&ms and it had my face on one side and like my name oh yeah i remember that yeah so i have that still and he's every time he comes like you haven't opened it yet i'm like well i did drop it it is cracked but i haven't eaten them yet and then my other son found or bought i don't know i'm just gonna go with he bought it an old uh green and red m&m guys like it was uh like a display of something so it's on my wall way up there which i can't show you right now because 
there's other things in my office, but it, it's up there. So I have it up. And anyway, and I have, I have collect, I have collected a lot of Eminem things, you know, in the boxes. So it has like yes. figurines and got to be honest. So I have opened all those boxes. So they're not in mint condition anymore because I ate the Eminems out of there. Yes. So well, it is what it is. <laughs> I, I, there is one thing that it's Eminem that I wish that I still had because it would be fantastic. So when I was in middle school, they, um, we were doing a candy fundraiser. And mm -hmm. so because I'm over the top about everything and like, we were like super poor, um, but they were like, June, you know, they would always, they would always pick me to, to write skits and, and things like that. Mm -hmm. So I decided that we were all going to dress up like M&Ms because we were selling candy <gasps> and we were going to come out in the middle school gym dancing to, I heard it through the grapevine. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, those uh, right. are raisins, but so close. Well, well, they were. That was popular at the time. That was the 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 California raisins were really popular at the time. But I was like, okay, we'll go out to that because it's a popular song, and we'll make Eminem costumes. And there was a pattern. There was a pattern at Kmart you could get for an Eminem costume. My mom didn't know how to sew, and um, she used scrap material. All my friends had their grandmothers sew their Eminem costume. Michelle. Michelle, I was a yellow cross-eyed Eminem. My Eminem was like. <laughs> that sounds about right. That sounds about right. If I knew we were talking about Eminems, I would have brought over, I would have shown you I have a dog that's an Eminem pattern from Joy and the Cause. I have um, my son's uh, girlfriend for Christmas got me an Eminem cookie jar, which uh, I keep Eminems in, of course uh like i have so much m&m stuff i could have just been like look at this and i have an m&m shirt and a blanket and uh you always have to want you are, i not even one up me you always have to like 10 up me but i don't care what you have you never had a yellow cross-eyed m&m costume <laughs> and dance in front of your middle school I've, <laughs> made, no. I've made costumes like that for my children though like you you saw recently on my on my post the green <laughs> the little shamrock boys dressed in yes. all green yes <laughs> anyway anyway all i'm saying yes. is i enjoy chocolate and my husband shared uh seven of his m&ms with me i just thought that was hilarious that he heard that and and shared so what a great segue though <laughs> speaking of chocolate chocolate Michelle Van Dusen, we have an amazing interview about to happen today tell us yes. who is on the show Okay, so our guest today is a comedian, a TV host, an actress, a speaker, an author. She's toured the world, performing everywhere, you know, from like TV, theaters, churches, and everywhere in between. You may have seen her on Deaf Comedy Jam, BET's Comic View, MTV, the Bobby Jones Gospel Hour, BET's Gospel, the Kingdom Comedy Tour, Shonda Pierce's Unashamed, and the Stand Up for Families. Uh, she's toured and opened with, uh, for like everyone from like Bernie Mac to Kirk Franklin, and now she will grace our space. So let's welcome to the Laugh Support Podcast, Shanita, aka Chocolate Morris. Woo, 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 woo. She's the goat. Goat. That's great of all time. Mm -hmm. oh yes. my goodness well thank you thank you guys for having me it's great being here yes and 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 the eminem segue uh yeah who does chocolate uh aside from my grandson but... i love chocolate oh sorry yeah, you do <laughs> and you guys you know i love peanut m&ms too i really really do but 
Well, I, I thought I loved them until I heard you guys talking before. <laughs> Much just like them because I'm nothing like you guys with. Did we run peanut M&Ms for you? I'm so sorry. But listen, I love them because I feel like they have protein in them. And so it's kind of healthy, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 that's exactly Well, anything, as far as I'm concerned, is healthy. <laughs> yes. Yeah, chocolate, you know, they, they say that um, the antioxidants in dark chocolate are really good for your heart. And, um, you know, so I feel like the way God has packaged me, Mm-hmm. Um, funny because you know uh laughter is like medicine so i'm just the healthy helping of shanita morris <laughs> shanita on, morris somebody. the dark okay. <laughs> okay. Well, listen. helping uh yeah just yeah I, i'm here for you i'm here to make you healthy she's the antioxidant comedian that's that's there you go that's pretty amazing. Well, hey, listen, we are so excited that you're on the show today. We talked a little bit before about kind of the, the you know, the theme behind our podcast and how it got started. And so we definitely wanted to reach out to you. You are a veteran of comedy. Michelle, reading off your career is just absolutely fantastic. And so we we wanted to reach out to you and 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 just go on that journey with you. So when you think back to when you began doing comedy, who was somebody that maybe comes to the top of your mind that was someone who was life support to you? Well, now, you know, I didn't, I didn't start out uh, good girls like you guys did. Okay. So I started, <laughs> you know that, okay. Cause you yeah. mentioned comedy jams and I know, yeah. I know the saints were like, what kind of feels this? Uh, but no, that was, that was over 20 years. Well, actually 30 years ago. Um, so I was eight years secular and uh, I was able, I came up with some really, they wind up being great entertainers now. Um, so one of the very first um, uh, laugh support comedians who had been doing it probably about five or six years before I got started. Uh, and he told me his, uh, it was D.O. Hughley. And uh, I remember him telling me because I thought all comedians had to curse. And I have, I was never a cursor. That just was not my thing. My mother back in the day, she did enough cursing for everybody. And uh, this was before she got saved. So, uh, and so it just turned me off. I just, that was just never something I wanted to do. But when I got into comedy, I thought that all comedians cursed. I never heard of a Christian comedian. So I thought that that was something you had to do. So before I ever stepped on stage, I practiced in the mirror and I practiced cursing. I practiced. But my very first night on stage, it did not come out. And um, I, I think I was just too nervous to try it. Um, I still did good. And afterwards, I talked to DL and told him, you know, uh, that I had planned on cursing and I had practiced it. And he said to me, if you're not a cursor, don't curse. He said, because it's going to come across weird and people are going to know that you're not a cursor. And so um, I never, never had to do that. Now, I did uh, 
venture into some risque words, but never, you know, I was never a cursor on stage or mm. off stage for that matter. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So DL Hughley, which we, we know he, he definitely curses on stage. You would think yeah. that, I, I, I mean, I think a lot of times that comedians, um, if you're not around the right one, even veterans give bad advice. So a lot of times they think that you should do what you do the way they do what they yeah. do. And, yeah. and what a blessing to have somebody right out of the gate that, because, well, as you said, you, you didn't start out as a clean comedian, mm -mm. but you were, that's one thing you didn't have to try and teach yourself to do is to stop cursing when you're on right. stage, whenever you made that transition. Well, like I said, I got to a place where, uh, because I started out squeaky clean, my, my comedy was not sexual or anything, but the further I got into it, um, like I said, I was never a cursor, but I was very risque. And uh, I used uh, words that when I did come to Christ, God said, okay, yeah, that's got to go. <laughs> so, you know, um, and you know, a lot of us, you know, um, we, well, they, we, we think that we take a word and make it our own. And so my crutch really was the N word. And in, in our community, we feel like we use it as a term of endearment. But I, I, I can tell you that when I gave my life to Christ, I, God is my witness. That was the first thing God said had to go. That's got to go. Mm. Mm. That was the very first thing God said had to go. So, yeah. You know, what's interesting is that well, I, I've always done clean comedy because God didn't call me into comedy until mm -hmm. he already had a hold of my heart and a lot of things in my life have been cleaned up. But it was like that. The more I got, the closer I got to God, the, um, the farther I got away from the language because my humor was dirty before my humor was a, um, it was a weapon in the area that I grew up. But for me, it was the B word and it was calling that to other women. And, and that was the word that I used all the time. Right. right. And my friends called each other that and nobody yeah. said, you know what I mean? Like no man was saying that to me, but right. we were calling each other. And that was the one that I was like, that was my word. Now, Michelle, yeah. I, I think I didn't Michelle have said, a word because no. I didn't have any friends. So <laughs> come on, you didn't have any. You didn't have a word. No, I I didn't have a word. I had whoa because I was always on horses. I mean, so I was at the oh. barn. I was a barn rat. So you know, growing up, I didn't really have any friends like that, except if they didn't have a lovely mane. So. <laughs> But this is why we're friends now, though, because she like she just I remind her of her horses when they're uh -huh. my tall. No. Yes, yeah, yeah. So okay, so you so when you first began in comedy, so D.L. Hughley was one of the first people that came on to the scene. You said you did eight years of secular comedy, so I imagine that was a huge transition. Whenever you transitioned to clean comedy and 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 your faith in God and all of that had changed, so is there somebody as you made that transition that was was life support to you and able to understand what you were going through? Um, I felt kind of I felt really alone because I had I was a part of a community that um 
you know, was just so big and we were so close and all of us came up together. I mean, we did, we, at that time, it was like comedy clubs. And so it wasn't just weekends. You were together from Tuesday through Sunday, you know, and so we were all very, very close. And so I didn't have a lot of people who understood what I was doing because a lot of people were trying to get to where I was. And here I am saying, you know, I've given my life to Christ. And so I'm walking away. And so I don't think a lot of people knew how to um, support me or what to say. Cause a lot, some people actually got angry with me, you know, um, but I will, I will say that I remember, and I don't even know how this guy got my phone number. And, uh, he's been a Christian comedian. Uh, he started out a Christian comedian. Um, and his name is Broderick Rice. And the reason why uh, it's so significant to get a call from him, he was, he was huge. You know, he was touring with all of the great gospel artists and everything. And I don't even know how this dude got my name, got my number, but I remember getting a call from him because truthfully, I was so uh, determined to serve the Lord that I had decided I was going to quit doing comedy because I didn't know how to, I'd, I'd never even heard of Christian com comedy. Um, I knew that I had a lot of contracts that I still had to fulfill and I had stopped doing a lot of the comedy that uh, I knew went against the word of God. Um, and so I was bombing everywhere. <laughs> but uh, yeah, because I, I wouldn't compromise. I wasn't, I wouldn't get on stage and feel like, okay, this is going downhill. Let me go to what I know. No, if it was going downhill, it was just going downhill. You know, a lot of people knew that I had given my life to Christ. And some people were just disappointed because they wanted to see the old chocolate. Mm -hmm. But I remember getting, I remember being at home and um, I don't know if he had heard that I had decided to quit doing comedy, but he called me and he talked to me and he said, I don't think that's what God wants you to do. You know? Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't know him like that, but we became pretty cool after that. He said, no, I don't, I don't think that's what God wants you to do, Chocolate. He said, no. I, he said, you're just going to have to find your space, but you need to work that out. And um, so he encouraged me to stay on board. And and so I did. You know, I, I, I fought the good fight and, and learned to hear from God when he would say, OK, now you got to get rid of this joke. And I'm like, wow, that's not even it's not even a sexual joke. Yeah, but it's you're, you're offensive to somebody and you're calling their name. And so um, Roderick Rice mm. would be the one who encouraged me to stay on um, and just clean my act up, you know. And uh, it, it just had to be uh, from God because I didn't even know him like that. I don't even know how he got my number. That's awesome. That's awesome. That. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. You know, when God's telling you, drop this, drop that versus... Uh, uh, another comedian, you listen a little bit better, right? I mean, <laughs> and it was, you know, it was, it was, it was so awesome the way God did it because it wasn't like he snatched everything or, or maybe I don't, I don't remember him doing it. I remember it was a, prog a process, you mm -hmm. know, 
And I remember there were things that I knew absolutely had to go. I know that don't bring God glory. And as time went on and I would pick up another joke and God says, okay, now you got to let that one go. And I didn't understand why. And I'm like, why? It's not even, it's not even sexual. So I realized God's grace with me and how Mm. everything wasn't snatched at once. And he would feel this, you know, feel another joke and say, okay, this one's got to go, you know? And so it was just, it, it was just awesome the way God worked everything out. Mm -hmm. Isn't that interesting too, that, you know, the people around us don't always have our best interest in mind. And the fact that they're, there were comedians, you know, we've interviewed comedians who, um, uh, you know, Jeff Allen's a good example of that, of, you know, a club owner going, come back when you start drinking again, you're not funny. You're not funny sober, yeah. you know, and yeah. And this, this, you know, battle in that world that he was in and much like someone being angry because you've given your heart to God and you're trying to glorify him, you know, mm-hmm. but much like your story, uh, if I recall right with Jeff, God put some random, what seems random to the world, yeah. what we know is divine appointment. Yeah. Some random people show up in your life that suddenly have your phone number and when they're speaking for God, they can drown out the voices of a thousand naysayers, right? Like this, this one person spoke to you. And, and I think a lot of times too, that we think, oh, well, if what I'm doing, I can't do this way. Well, I can't do it for God. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it, it is funny because I remember being told, even when I was secular and didn't curse, I had, there There were people who would actually tell me, yeah, you funny, but you don't curse. I need to hear mm-hmm. some curse, you know? And I remember after I'd given my life to Christ and um, I remember being at the airport and, you know, waiting at baggage claim to get my, and and a lady noticed me and she said, you're, you're that, you're that uh, comedian chocolate. She said, you, you just recently got saved. And I was like, yeah. And she was like, so you stopped cursing. I said, well, I never did curse. She said, yeah, you did. I said, no, no, I didn't. She said, you you use the word bastard. I said, yeah, but bastard's in the Bible. She said, well, not in the context you use it. Mm-hmm. And from that day forward, because she, she felt like it was a curse word. And from that day forward, I was convicted to stop using that word because, you know, um, the Bible tells us not to cause another brother to stumble, you know. And so I felt like, well, if she and other people see it that way, then maybe I need to let that go too, but because I was justifying it because it was a word that was in the Bible. Mm. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's why yeah, I don't do any jokes about donkeys or. <laughs> well, see, and that's the thing. I wasn't, I wasn't using even the, the four letter words, but um, the word bastard, you know, I would say trifling bastard or something like that to mm-hmm. emphasize. And, and I, that became a signature for me. People knew me. Mm-hmm saying that, you know, trifling bastard or something like that. But yeah, I had to let that go too, because, you know, I felt like it was just God's way of showing me, you know, people are listening and, you know, you don't want to be a stumbling block for people. And, and so if it didn't bring him glory, I wanted to get rid of it. Hmm. Hmm. Now we, now we see like, well, you know, Michelle talked about some, um, different specials that you were a part of. I have a CD I recently got from you at the LOL GCA. And um, there's, there's our friend Shonda Pierce and right beside Shonda is Shanita and um, 
Taylor Mason. We just had him on the show. And so uh, eventually you, you found yourself in a, on some of these specials doing Christian comedy with the, I mean, this is the queen of Christian comedy right there. Right. So, so tell us about how that supportive journey came about. Yeah. You know, and I had done um, a plethora of uh, comedy DVDs to where you kind of get tired of doing them because, you know, uh, people were making money off of you and, you know, the DVD would really not do anything for you, but for them. Um, but of course, you know, I was thrilled to, you know, get a call from Shonda's team to say, hey, we want you on this project. Of course, because, you know, I've been in the Christian bookstores when they were when they were brick and mortar um, yeah. and would see the, you know, her her uh, videos. And so and, and you know, I met her. Bone made sure that I met her at mm -hmm. the uh, Christian comedy um, conference. My first time going to the one in Nashville or was Juliet or Joliet? Mount uh, Juliet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was Mount Juliet. And I remember yeah. that, and it was so nice to meet you there. Just oh yeah, I, I, oh yeah. So um, <laughs> so it was such a blessing to meet her, and you know, just see this this woman who had been doing Christian comedy, and you know, just built this great community. And so to be a part of that project was, um, and and to just you know, I, I have to be careful with my words, but you know, the crossover effect because we can be we can be Christian comedians or comedians but in our own communities and yeah. that's what I always wanted to do was be funny for everybody. Yes. Yeah. You know, not just my people, but funny for everybody. And I thought I think that that's very important. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So so let me ask you this, as you got into this journey and you, you know, you made this transition, um, you are a well-known name in, in Christian comedy. I wonder if there, you know, if you had people coming behind you wanting your laugh support, wanting your mentorship, and, and was there anybody that you were able to kind of help on their journey? There, there were, uh, there's been quite a few you know, I get DMs all the time, you know, um, some from comedians who uh, are trying to, they want to do comedy and they want to be clean. And even from some people who are not sure what they want to do, if they want to be clean or they just want to do comedy. Um, mm. uh, you know, so it, you know, it's, it's a blessing to get those types of uh, DMs on your messenger you know, asking you for advice and, you know, I've watched your, I've watched your career for years and, you know, just wanted to get some advice, you know, what do I do? And, you know, when people ask me, you know, uh, which route should they take, you know, if they should just do the comedy or should they do clean or Christian comedy? I said, well, um, who do my, my question to them becomes, who are you more determined to be pleasing to? Do you want to please mm. God or people? Because that de that determines what type of comedy you do. Mm. That's good. That's really good. Um, now, have you kept in touch with like 
all the people that you um, were with when you first started out? Because you you talked about DL. He talked, you know, he told you if you don't curse, don't curse. Like, have you since your career and your life has changed and you're following God? Have you ever reached back and spoken with any anybody from those days? Um, I've been doing Christian comedy now over 20 years. It seems mm -hmm. like it just started yesterday, but, um, so the, the relationships, I had really strong relationships and they, you know, very slowly dissipated, not to where we weren't still friends, but to the point we just didn't talk for years. And, um, so they're all still very embracing of me. You know, um, it's funny because one of my friends, one of actually the guy who gave me the name Chocolate, um, his name is Earthquake. And they they have a show here this weekend in mm. Raleigh. He called me to let me know um, that he wanted me to come to the show and, and you know, he's going to leave some tickets for me. And I love my friends. I, we came up, we came up tight and, you know, as Cedric. Uh, the entertainer is Dio, uh, yeah, Dio Hughley, um, Earthquake, Mike Epps, um, and the only one that's on the show that I don't know because he came behind me, and by that time I was out of the secular, and that's I think his name is Young DC Fly or something like that, um, and so I haven't seen them personally in years, like physically in years. I've watched their careers take off and, you know, just really blow up. Um, so it would be great to see them. Hmm. Uh, I'm not sure I can deal with the cursing <laughs> because yeah. it's like it. So I'm, I'm, I'm even at this point, I'm struggling with, am I going to go? You know, um, I haven't seen them in years, so it would be great to see them and, and hug their necks and everything. I'm not sure if I want to sit through all of that to get to that. And I, I you know, it very well may be worth it. Um, and, and I'm not trying to act like I'm so super saved. I just know that what it does to my spirit, mm -hmm. and I'm in the midst of that. Um and so uh, I don't keep in touch like that. You, we don't keep in touch like that because I'm, I'm, I'm a part of a whole nother community, but we all are still friends and you'll get a random call from time to time or you'll get a hit on Instagram or something like that. So we all still acknowledge each other. You know, um, they don't act like they don't know me or anything like that, but I'm, I'm, it's just a whole nother community for me. And I probably make them just as uncomfortable sometimes. Mm -hmm. Not sure. Well, yeah, I, I, I you, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just, I was going to say, I think that's beautiful that you didn't burn any bridges, that you still have connections and you can support them from afar, you know? So like, I yeah. like that. And, you know, you can meet for dinner beforehand or something or see right. them after. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to. Yeah. But I love that. Okay. Go ahead, June. Well, and I think too that like uh, just like our lives have different seasons, friendships can come in different seasons as well. And it's not that you don't love that person, but it's they're in a different place in their life and you're in a different place in your life. You know, I, I have friends that I grew up with and I love dearly. And when I see them, I want to hug them and, and and speak with them. But 
if I have a if I have an issue going on in my life, I'm going to call Michelle Van Dusen because I know that she's going right. to pray about what she talks to me about. She's going to tell me to pray. You know, she's somebody who is wise and somebody that I can trust. And she's somebody who gets where I'm at and someone that like when I read something new in the Bible and my June bug brain and it's all brand new to me, I, I can reach out to this person. And it's it's not that we. <laughs> that we cut ourselves off, but also when your your likes are and dislikes are different, you know, there mm -hmm. are a certain group of friends that like immediately when I said I was doing Christian comedy, they stopped inviting me to do things with them, not because I'm sitting in judgment of them, but because they felt uncomfortable with me there because they were like, man, I don't want to drink or go trying to pick up guys or do this stuff if June's in the room. Right. And at first I was a little bit hurtful because I'm like, I've never said anything to hurt these folks. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or to tell them that like you're going to hell because you had a beer, you know, whatever. Like I've never I've never been that person. But then at the same time, I felt like God was like, no, I'm I'm protecting you, too. Right. Like that's not the space that you need to be in. We're trying to deconstruct some stuff that you have residue that was still in there, you know, that, that needed to go. So I, I totally get that. And I know that, I know that you, um, from the, the little bit of time that I've got to spend with you, I know that you love people and you care about people. And if mm -hmm. you make the decision to, to separate from something, then it's, it's for good reason. It's right. for good reason. Yeah, no, definitely. But hey, you, it's, it's, go ahead. It's, it's, I'm sorry. Um, no, it's, it's exactly like what you said, you know, um, because there are times I've been invited to parties and I know how these people party. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not. And it's not to come down on them. It's because I, for one, I don't want to make you uncomfortable because I know the type of music that's going to be played. And I know that I don't want that ringing in my head after it's all said and done just to appease you by being at your party. Now, if you if you really wanted me there, then you would play more respectable music that I wouldn't mind sitting through, you know. So you get mad at me because I don't want to come to the party, but you know, it's so it's okay for you to offend me, but you know, you're offended that I don't want to come. So you know, it's a catch twenty two. But no, I, I love my friends. We're just in different places and we respect that about each other i think too i'm just getting too old for that stuff i'm like it's nine o'clock i want to go home uh, but i'm also i'm also <laughs> such a baby that i'm like i want you to invite me but i don't want to go so <laughs> yes that is it let me just say no but thanks for letting me feel good for the invite yeah <laughs> yeah because like one of my sisters she invites me every year and and I know it's going to be a ratchet party. And it's like, why do you even bother to invite me? And, and, and she got so angry one time that she said, she said, well, hopefully when I die, you'll be at my funeral. I say I will if they're not playing ratchet rap music. <laughs> That's right. So, <laughs> but if they are. <laughs> I'm going to be on it Zoom. So. <laughs> <laughs> Where you can mute the funeral. <laughs> so, you know, you know, she throws that at me and I'm a comedian. I got to come back. So, mm -hmm. well, well hey, dead, you could change the channel. They won't know. 
Right, yeah, that's right. True. So that's true. Throw a little comment in the Facebook line, you know, and then you're you're out. Just love you, miss you, bye. <laughs> so hey, I wanted before we let you go, I definitely want to talk about your book. Um, mm-hmm. The first time I met you uh, was at a CCA event in mm-hmm. Texas, and you were sharing this this book, and I oh. think that it had just been published, and um, and this was really where. Shanita, this is really where I was drawn to you because I'm not somebody who knew the um, Christian culture and who the names were and who, you know, all of that stuff. Like, and, and I, so most of the time I have no idea who I'm in the room with, even if it's the whoever I I didn't know. And so I, I'm, I was just learning different people and different people's journey. And um, they had this separate room where you were sharing about your book. There was like a breakout session. You were sharing about your book and I was overwhelmed by just how beautiful your heart is, just how willing you were to be vulnerable, um, telling a tough story. This year, Rick Roberts, that was the theme of what he talked about. He had been diagnosed with cancer this last year, had gone through a really tough time, and he encouraged and challenged all of us to dig into our tough story and share that with people. And so I saw this this beautiful woman with this beautiful heart, bear it all in front of her peers and share her tough story. And so I got the book. I, you know, I read it. Um, I highly recommend it. It's called Gracefully Broken, Wonderfully Restored, Overcoming Spiritual Seduction by Shanita Morris. And so um, I just wanted you to maybe share just a little bit about your book, tell people how they can get that book. And, and I just personally want to thank you for, I, I bought the, I think I bought the digital copy and then I bought the, the paper back and had, I got the signature, Michelle, the signature, but um, (laughs) share, share with us about, share, share with us about this book, because I think it's really powerful. Well, um, I, without going too much in detail about it, because I like people to get it for themselves and truthfully, I plan to rewrite uh and re-edit the book um and uh because it's a lot of stuff i feel like uh i need to put in there but um it's just a situation it happened years ago uh and i was just like i could not believe the enemy could move like that you know and here i am you know i i, I like to refer to myself as shenock you know enoch in the bible he was so righteous that God just took him from the face of the earth. And uh, I was just trying to live my life like Enoch, you know, Lord, I want to be that righteous for you. Um, But uh, apparently I was getting a lot of things wrong. And so God allowed me to go through this, this hell, if you will. And I just could not believe that this was happening to me. And I mean, a, you know, when people see overcoming spiritual seduction, they are like, ooh, spooky. Well, you know, it, it was a situation that I, when, when it happened, I'm like, okay, if this happened to me, how many other people are going through something like this and are afraid to say something and are stuck? Because if this had happened to me before I knew the Lord, I'm pretty sure I would have been stuck. But it was because I knew Christ and how to overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. 
And as embarrassed as I was about this situation and what I was going through, I knew that I had to tell my pastor and, you know, another person that God had led me uh, to, to talk to about it. And I'm expecting rebuke. Not only was I expecting it, I wanted it. But these two people loved me through this situation. And it taught me, because when, when they were loving me through this situation, when they were not rebuking me um, to scorn, uh, I realized, wait a minute, when I see people fall, this is not how I respond. You know, mm. I respond mm. in kind like that. I don't respond in love like that. You know, why they responded, this, this, is, this is horrible what I'm dealing with. Why are they being so nice? And it was God's way of showing me, you don't understand grace until you need it yourself. Mm. And I needed it. I needed grace on top of grace on top of grace. And I was just, I really just could, I, every day I woke up like, what in the world? I, I just could not even believe that I was going through this. I really could not. And then after I wrote the book and uh, became more transparent about it, I couldn't believe how often this happens or mm -hmm. how many people deal with this, whether, um, uh, whether unknown, you know, whether um, they deal with it because they want to or because of spiritual seduction. Hmm. You know? um, I didn't I didn't realize that a lot of people had feelings like that, you know, um, and then here I am all of a sudden going through something that is just in, incredibly foreign to me and I was very naive, but uh, God kept me uh, through it all. And, you know, one thing about, one thing about uh, doing the secular comedy, I was very bold to say a lot of the things that I said. And um, when I came to Christ, it was like God is, God said to me, I'm going to I'm going to use that same boldness to call out the enemy. And when this happened to me, I was, I was so angry. I was so mad at the devil. I was so mad at the devil because this to me was just incredibly unfair. You are not fighting fair, but who in the world, why would I ever think that the devil would fight fair? You know? Right. And so, and so I'm like, no, I'm putting you on blast. And God's going to get the glory for this because I'm going to overcome, you know, and and it was just the it was just the 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 you know the the blood of Christ applied to my life and the grace of God and His mercy that kept me and and gave me strength uh, because at one point I couldn't even talk about this without crying, you know. Um, it just, it just hurts so bad, so deeply. And, um, I want, I didn't, I, I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy. And so knowing that the way it came to me, this had to be going on a lot more than is being talked mm -hmm. about. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to bring light to it, to say, 
if I have to be the one to throw myself on the altar, then so be it. Um, but this needs to be talked about because with us being silent about things that are happening in the pews, people are suffering and are being taken under without really understanding what they're experiencing. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, one of the one of the things that I took out of it was just reading what you're going through and, and going out and still doing comedy and having this like guilty, like, how can I do anything for God when I'm, you know, struggling here, struggling there? And and at the time that I read the book, there were some things that I was dealing with where I'm like, I, it, it felt like a fraud, you know, that I should just go hide and and not come out and just be done. And, and so it was such a, it was just such a, um, just a powerful thing to be so brave to share your tough story. And I encourage people to, to read it and, um, just, just dive into it. And, and it, and it really, it blessed me to be able to, to get the book at the time that I did. And I know that other people, um, it has brought light. And I, I love that you said, you know, the 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 um, spiritual seduction. You know, I think a lot of times people think sin is like this dark creeping up this, that, whatever. And, and it's this sin can be fun. Sin can mm. be exciting. Sin can be, you know, all of these things because, it, you know, <laughs> I don't know that there's times that the devil ever walked up and said, June, I want you to betray God's trust in you. I want you to just, this is what I'm going to have you do. And it's really right. going to hurt God's feelings. No, I, he is, he has circled me around in a situation where all of a sudden I look up and go, ah, right. Ah, you got yeah. me. You got right. me. Praise God that we serve a God who yeah. is not ignorant to what we're going through and loves us. When you were talking about the people who embrace you, it made me think about the prodigal son. And the first time that I had somebody break down to me that the father ran to him and mm -hmm. the expectation was to be rejected and mm -hmm. beaten and, you know, just maybe a little bit better off than eating slop with the pigs. Right. That's it. And that's not yeah. what happened. Yeah. His father, our father, Man, he just says, turn back to me and I'll come run. And you don't even have to take all the steps. I'm I'm coming for you because I love you. And yeah. and I think that your story, <laughs> excuse me, has been a beautiful and redeeming story. So I encourage our listeners to check it out. And I'm excited to, you know, to get to see the the rewrite and updates. Because yeah. I know that there's a lot of uh, a lot of journey that you've made since that time that you wrote the book. So where where can they purchase the book, Gracefully Broken, Wonderfully Restored, Overcoming Spiritual Seduction by Shanita Morris? Where can we purchase this? Right now you can get it on uh you can get it on Amazon. That's the only I'm not really marketing it right now, but people are still purchasing it. I'm not marketing it because I'm going to rewrite it. Um it'll pretty much still stay the same, but there are some things that I wanted to add uh to it. Um, you know, but sometimes you're talking to one of your friends and she's like, Why you didn't put that in the book? You know, and so it's like, okay, it's a lot. Um, that, um, and then one of, it's funny because when I was coming to, um, um, the conference in Texas, 
uh, I met a, a woman who, you know, she was telling me, she was like, well, you know, in your spare time, since you're not, you know, that busy right now, just write a book or something. And I said, no, I've already done that. And she was like, really, what, what was it about? And the more I began to um, share with her what it was about, she was like, are you serious? And she was like, I've, I've, I've been through that. Um, and we shared, she, we, some of the same feelings and sentiments that was going through her, her situation was a little bit different than mine, but it was, it was spiritual seduction nonetheless. And this is one thing. And so she got my book and she, uh, she called me after she read it and she was a little bit irritated. <laughs> uh, yeah, she was. She said, uh, now I'm a little jealous that you've gotten yours written and published and everything. I need to write my book. She said, but I will say this. She said, I'm a little bit irritated because you didn't call this person out. She said, this was a predator. And it's very obvious that this was a predator. And if you need mm -hmm. me to point out you know, the things that make that obvious, I will do that for you. She said, but there needs to be a chapter in here that talks about predators in the church, you know, and because, yes, yeah, she said, because if you're going to, if you're going to, she said, you never address this person as a predator. And she said, if you're going to bring that up, people need to know what to look for. Mm -hmm. uh, when a predator approaches them. And so it's things like that, that, uh, you know, make me say, okay, I'm, I may need to re-edit and add some stuff. So she, she was, she was, she said I was very triggered by this book. She said I cried through mm. the whole book. So mm. yeah. And I've, mm. I've had people say they cried and they laughed and they cried some more. So, you know, yeah. I want to I want to rewrite it, edit it and do it right because you know, uh book publishing can be cutthroat. So, mm. yeah, I'm not really marketing it because of that and and then the 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 new name may not be so nice. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we'll see y'all for me on that one because I've come up with a name and I'm like, I don't know if the church will embrace that. So, but it, yes. it, 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 so, yeah. I love that you have a friend who is like, why didn't you put this in there? Why didn't you put it in there? I've been writing a book for a couple of years and Michelle's like, why are you putting that in there? <laughs> no. no. Plenty of friends who said, I don't know if I would have told that. Yeah, well, that's telling it because not too many people will. And I know that there's some people who are stuck and they need, they need to be delivered. They need to be, they need to know how to, you know, become unstuck. Mm -hmm. And it's only the grace of God. You got to hold to his unchanging hand. Now, one thing about it was, um, you know, I wind up in sin doing something I didn't even have a desire to do. And and one thing I learned, the biggest lesson I learned from this is that everybody in sin don't want to be there. And mm -hmm. it took me going through something like this to realize that, you know, um, because I was judgmental, you know, and um, self-righteous, 
And, you know, so it was a lesson. It was a hard lesson. And I always felt like, God, you, you could have showed me that another way. So it wasn't like I walked away from God or, you know, fell into sin and, you know, was in a backslidden state. No, every day I'm, I'm in prayer. Uh, I amped it up a notch every, every day trying to, you know, break loose from these chains that the enemy, and I just, you know, the Bible tells us to not be ignorant of the enemy's devices. And, and I was, Mm. you know, I just did not know he could come at you like that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do love that you mentioned, though, that there's some laughter in it and some, you know, there's, of course, there's, there's some humorous edge that that you sprinkle in there, too, because we know that, especially with a tough story, laughter can diffuse and give us a second to breathe to to go through that process. And, and so we, we so appreciate, Shanita, you being on here sharing with us about that. Um, and speaking of laughter, man, you, you're still out there making people laugh and, and, uh, we definitely want them to follow you, check out where you're going to be. I noticed some recent show flyers, some stuff going on. And so we, we want people to follow it's at I'm still, I'm sorry. I'm still chocolate on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. That's I'm still chocolate on YouTube, mm-hmm. Facebook and Instagram. So we want our listeners to, to go check her out, like her YouTube, Instagram and Facebook follow. And if she is anywhere near you, definitely go and check yeah, out Shanita mm-hmm. Morris, AKA chocolate. All right. Michelle, like great this. interview. Yes. 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 This is fantastic. I, I like the fact that you guys were sitting over there talking about, you know, sin and all that. And I just kind of sneaks up on you. I'm like, Look, all I had was one bowl of ice cream, and this is what happened. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how. I didn't eat a bunch of ice cream or a bunch of chocolate. I just had one, just one, one piece. That's it. <laughs> well, be careful. now we got to work on lying. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> no, thank you so much for being with us today. I really appreciate it. Um, you have some great insights and I love that, you know, you haven't burned any bridges that you just allowed God to take you on this path and you, you started out funny and you're still funny. I love the fact that you're, I'm still chocolate. Like that's your handle. I love that because (laughs) your gift didn't change. You are always meant to bring the joy that you have and the laughter to people. And, uh, I, I gotta be honest, I've watched you on stage. You are a, a force to be reckoned with. You're mm. amazing. And so there is, I love the fact that you're clean and just everything. So thank you for sharing your story with us oh. today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I, I've done comedy on the secular side, but let me tell you something. I think this is the hardest type of comedy to do. And and I don't know, I don't know how long you guys have been in it, but you know, now I have such an appreciation for the gift that God has given me and it blesses me. It's therapeutic for me. I love doing what I do. I love being, uh, bringing joy to other people. Um, but to know that God has entrusted you with such a gift, uh, it's, it's incredible. It's an incredible gift to have. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys appreciate it like you should yet, but it's coming. Trust me. It's, it's a beautiful mm-hmm. gift. My first show's next week. I hope I do okay. No, <laughs> <laughs> 
Stop. She's again, we're working on lying. Michelle, stop lying. Oh my gosh. Shanita, Michelle's going to kick you backstage for just a minute. If you still love us and you're okay hanging around with liars, then uh, we, we want to give you a proper goodbye and we're going to close this show out real quick. Michelle, you're embarrassing me in front of my friends. So shameful. So and between the two of us, people are always like, Michelle the Saint, Michelle the, the Bible scholar, Michelle the and then you lie. You All lie. I'm saying is maybe the nuns knew better. Maybe they knew. That's why they're like, ah, we, we're not taking you. Maybe, maybe. You know, okay, so maybe I used to say bad words and you never cuss, but at least I don't lie to people's faces. I never said I never cussed. I did try. Like I, I tried to have a testimony. So I really worked hard at some of those things. I it didn't come it out. Didn't right. happen. You know what? We're going to get out of here before your pants catch on fire. So go ahead with your <laughs> cheesy mom joke to end out this episode. As I always say, y'all, thank you for listening. And Jesus and Junebug loves you. Michelle, torture me. Go ahead. Listen, June, all I'm going to say is, you know, if things don't always pine out the way you want them to, uh, you know, but you cannot give up. That's all I'm saying. Okay, that was a pun. You didn't get that. Listen, why <laughs> no. did the donut visit the dentist? Why did the donut visit the dentist, Michelle? Because he needed a chocolate filling. What, what, what? You guys, thanks for listening. We'll see you the next time.